Welcome to the 81st episode of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, joined by Matt Deitch. What's happening? We're here. We are here. And if you are, if you're like, holy smokes, 81 episodes, imagine how we feel. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Matt can't 80. even count that high. I can't. The only reason I know 81 is because that was the year I was born in. That's the only reason I ever mention 81. So. 81? Yep. So next year, you're? 40. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. So I will be taking applications for a uh, new podcast co-host because Matt's going to the home and yep. I'm not going there to record it. The The hairline matches the age, so I'm, oh, catching, up, I'm catching up to my hairline. Oh, Maybe I just need to like buzz it all like and do the Craig Euler look or something. I don't know like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's shots below the belt. <laughs> uh, we're not even a minute in, so... <laughs> I haven't. I feel like I haven't like kind of gave him, made a shot at him for a while. For a while, so. yeah. So I mean, it's high time. Yeah, we should take one shot at Euler every single episode. We should do that. But he's pretty good at the uh, the Photoshop. He and whatnot, is. I so know he is. He he will return fire. We, maybe we need to start like instead of like all the Chuck Norris things, we should just say Craig That's Euler instead idea. of Chuck Norris. Yeah, that that you know, yeah. God, now I'm thinking and I should be talking and, and whatever. So, yeah, whatever, whatever. But, uh, no, we got uh, big news uh, coming in the Bassmaster Elite Series that uh, we'll be talking about later on. That's kind of a downer. So, uh, we'll we'll come back with good news stories at the end. Uh, no, that's to, right. To cheer you back up after that. But, uh, no, uh, you know, we've got the tournament going on. We've got our own tournament going on, yep. uh, which will be done when this episode uh, airs. But, uh Beings that, uh, beings that that tournament gets done Sunday night at midnight, and potentially somebody could be out trolling for walleyes uh, at midnight. You never know. And our episode comes out at 4 a.m. on Monday morning. We will not have the uh, up-to-date results on episode 81. You'll check our Facebook page, and then we'll have a little something on there. But uh, otherwise, it will be 80 deuces. 82. 82 for Tournament that one. recap for you. 82 for that one. So, uh, no, uh, with that, uh, we've got a cool episode today. Uh, we're going to be talking with Garrett Haglin uh, up in uh, up in, up from Minnesota. And uh, Garrett, really, he's, he's got a lot of really cool stuff to talk about. Uh, so, pretty excited to uh, get him on the show yeah, and uh, hear what he's got to say. So, uh, with that, we will get over to him. Hey, Garrett, you there, man? Yes, I am. How's it going? Doing great. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing good. Doing good. Good. Um, Garrett, uh, obviously, uh, we, we, well, not obviously, but uh, we kind of always like to start our uh, show off a, a little bit uh, non-fishing related, uh, that type of stuff. Um, so I got the first one here. Uh, if you were to take any celebrity, anyone uh, out fishing for a day, who would you pick? That is a fantastic question. Um you know, if I someone that like, comes to mind right away, um, if I could take them out fishing, you know, it might be a little bit of a different story. If there's anyone in, in uh, the world that I could go fishing with, uh, Kevin Van Dam has been an idol of mine. You know, he's a, he's a monster on the tournament trail, just an incredible fisherman. But um, if I were to take someone fishing, don't get me wrong, Kevin, I'd love to take you fishing out here in Minnesota too. But <laughs> if I could take anyone fishing... Um, you know, I, I'd probably love to take my grandpa's fishing, um, Grandpa Haglin. 
Grandpa Bob, I'd love to take the two of them fishing if they were still here with me today. Um, because of those two, they've they've they got my mom into fishing, they got my dad into fishing, and they've both gotten me into fishing. So if there's anyone in the world that I could go fishing with, I'd be those two. Um, if there was another idol out there, um, you know, there's a lot of really cool people out there. Someone that maybe comes to mind. George Strait, let's go fishing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm for that. <laughs> as long as he yeah. brings his guitar along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as the guitar comes, we will be golden. Would you Absolutely. Would you wear a cowboy hat if you had George Strait in the boat? Oh, you have would to. not have to twist my arm. I was going to say, you'd have to. <laughs> you can't Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, favorite George Strait song then? Favorite George Strait song. Is there a favorite? Gosh, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, if I had to pick a favorite George Strait song, and I'm, I'm having a trouble coming up with a single one in mind, but, uh, gotta be all my exes live in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, check yes or no is a great song. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It kind of reminds me of myself and my and my wife, just kind of a how our little love story came along. But um, that or Carrying Her Love With Me, another great one. You know, it, anything by George Strait is country at its finest. I love it. So it gotta just love goes it. on and on. I, I know I know this is a fishing podcast, but uh, let, let's, hear, <laughs> let's hear that story about you and your wife. Is, is, there, is there a real story to it? Well, it just, uh, it just, it aligns with kind of how our lives came together anyway. Um, and it's, Kind of just the story of two best friends that they came together and met in met in the middle, anyways. And um, I just I I don't know. It's been one of our favorite songs together. Anything by George Strait when it comes on the radio, it's like oh that reminds us of us. And uh, so we we really love his music together. We're both uh, both into the country scene quite a bit. But, so, you, um, so you didn't yeah. give her a note in class or anything. There wasn't necessarily a note, but uh, a text. There was, there was a text <laughs> yeah, during was, math. A text. <laughs> yep, there was a chase and a test, and uh, that's what it's all about. That's so, awesome. That's right. Absolutely. Just like fishing, there's always a chase. That's right. <laughs> now, uh, uh, you mentioned your grandpas. You mentioned your mom. Uh, you know, how how did you get into fishing? Uh, was it was it at a pretty young age? Pretty you know later in life? How how did that happen? Yeah, absolutely. So, mom and dad. Um, you know, they both kind of grew up fishing. My dad grew up on a farm, um, and really the only time that he got to go fishing each year uh, was during Christmas break during school. Every year during Christmas break for that two-week period, they go out to Mille Lacs Lake, pull the fish houses out, the permanents, set them out there, and they would fish for two weeks straight, morning and night, um, except for Christmas Day. They, they pulled a half day then. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you know, they, they love the walleye fishing out there. And, of course, walleye fishing out there today is, is phenomenal anyway. Um, uh, and then mom, again, too, uh, grew up fishing trout and whatnot um, down south towards the Mankato area with my grandpa Bob. And, um, you know, each one of them have their fishing stories, and uh, they've kind of passed it on to me, and I, I, I love it. Uh, we started fishing, I remember, an old sea ray. Uh, speedboat that we had. Um, we grew up east of town, just east of Brainerd, actually, and um, we started fishing out of there. And I think once my fishing addiction started to grow, 
um, parents kind of recognized that. And so we got into, I believe it was a StarCraft uh, 17-foot boat, and it grew a little bit more into a, a newer crush liner, into a 18-and-a-half-foot boat. And um, so once that addiction took off, you know, the boat started going, venturing off more into from away from the sports or water sports and whatnot to the fishing style sort of boats. So um, it's uh, it's really evolved. But, you know, from my parents bringing me up in the fishing world to um, going to college and, and fishing in the, the college series, um, that's really where I got a solid start or foundation in fishing. Now, now where did um, you fish collegiately? Collegiately, uh, you know, I so I let me back up a little bit. I should maybe give her a little bit of background and, and kind of lead into that. But um, I mentioned Brainerd, Minnesota. Brainerd, you know, it's one of many lakes or towns in Minnesota that you could throw a rock in most any direction and end up in a lake. Um, you know, it's the birthplace of many outdoors, and including, including myself. And I grew up across the county, county road just across from uh, the Hagelin Farm where I was really taught to set my goals high, work hard and achieve those goals and to, you know, be humble and grateful for what I have when, you know, success is achieved. Um, graduating high school in 2013, I earned my bachelor's degree in uh, business administration with an emphasis in marketing, management and entrepreneurship from Bemidji State University. Graduated there in 2017. Um, and while at BSU, um, that's where kind of my, my bass fishing career, I'll say, got launched with the, the BSU fishing team. Um, fishing at different events in La Crosse, Prairie du Chien, you know, across Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, you know, down at Table Rock, you know, just various bodies of water known to college fishing. And um, it really such a great time. I think it was a 2015 tournament down in La Crosse on the Mississippi River. And myself and good fishing partner, Austin Williams, um, you know, we just had such a ball down there. It was everything from the competition to the camaraderie. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't play so well in the tournament. I think we were in the top half anyway, out of 80 boats or so. But we just had such a great time exploring the river down there, partaking in the competition and everything that that really just tripped our trigger and and uh, we decided that yep bass fishing is for us that's that's <laughs> that's just the world that we want to live and breathe basically isn't that crazy though like you know i mean that that really goes a lot to say for the sport when the tournament that you mentioned you didn't finish that well but you know i mean everything that went along with it you know just makes that a memorable time yes absolutely now, uh, you, you still fish some bass tournaments now, correct? Yeah, you know, um, I like to fish some of the Thursday nighter leagues, some Monday nights, um, you know, all kinds of different tournaments. Uh, some of the bass opens I'd like to get into again here. I've really spent the past couple of years, as my life has evolved anyway, uh, just spending a lot of time on the water, learning new techniques, new bodies of water, how to attack you know, different bodies of water to really, you know, be a consistent angler um, from lake to lake or river to river, whatever it is. Uh, river fishing is a little bit different for me, but uh, when you have so many lakes around you, 
um, you tend to fish those quite often. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, if we were to take you out to a new lake right now, something you've never been to, um, how, how do you break down that lake? What, what's one of the things that you start off doing? Well, that's a great question. Um, my first reaction is going to go to the Navionics app on my iPhone here and, and look at structure to see how the lake is, is shaped, what kind of structure might be offered, if there's offshore humps, uh, weed lines, steep breaks, gradual slopes, uh, whatever it might be. Um, but if we're on the water today looking at a new lake, I'm going to use my structure scans, my down imaging, uh, side imaging and everything to look at different structures, looking for weed lines or rock piles, uh, flooded timbers, different things like that. I'm going to pay attention to the water temperatures, of course, the, the exterior weather. You know, is it raining? Is it cloudy? Is it sunny? Is it blue blue skies or whatever it is? I'm going to pay attention to all those things as well as the different types of vegetation. Is there any moving water like current? Um, you know, what does the pressure look like? All of those different things. Prior to getting onto the water, I'm going to look at the Navionics app and see what, what the lake looks like physically. But I'm also going to go on the Minnesota DNR report and look at, at the lake reports. What kind of fishery is it? You know, what kind of classification does it fall into? Um, and of course, the fishery lake surveys, does it host a variety of different species? Um, you know, bass will forage on many different things, including blue, uh, bluegills and crappies, different panfish and whatnot. So if there's a, a good population of, of panfish in that lake, uh, there's a pretty good chance that there's going to be a pretty decent population of largemouth in there too, or smallmouth. Right. Mm -hmm. You like going after largies or smallies better? <laughs> you know, it's a good question. I just discussed that with a good friend of mine just the other day. Um, I really, really like largemouth fishing. Gotta love it. But if there's one that I had to choose for the rest of my life, I think I'd have to choose smallmouth. Really? Um, yeah. You know the techniques the techniques used in, in smallmouth fishing um that style of fishing and just the fish themselves nothing against largemouth they're beautiful and everything but I, there's nothing there's nothing better than a good old brownie swimming around down there just gotta love them oh yeah no doubt <laughs> so what is your uh, go-to first baiter technique anytime you go to a lake uh you know and a lot of people may, maybe don't care for it um, or it's difficult to fish it just because you typically fish it slow. But um, a Ned Rig is a deadly, deadly bait for them. You pick up a lot of walleye doing that as well. Uh, same with a drop shot, another very, very good bait. Um, Texas Rig, If you, uh, I like to just cast out a, um, a craw to a trailer hooked up on a Texas rig and slow drag that across the rocks, um, or a, a swim bait, um, jerk baits, all very, very good baits for smallmouth. It just has smallmouth written all over them. You bet. What, what's one technique that you feel you're weak at and that you really want to improve at? Uh, great question. Um, I think if there's one that I was a bit weaker at than the rest, I would probably say it's a drop shot as much as I love it. Um, at the same time, I love to power fish. I like to fish fast. I like to cover a lot of water. 
And uh, a lot of the times, the hardest part is just settling down, slowing down, and fishing slow. You know, pick apart those key areas on a certain structure. Um, and that drop shot allows you to do that. Because I like to fish fast, that's probably my biggest weakness. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's perfect. Now, now speaking of fishing fast and, and fishing slow, you, you fish from a boat and you fish from a kayak. Tell us a little bit about that boat you're running. Absolutely. So this year, I'm partnering up with Nitro Boats. I'm running the 2020 Z19 with a 200 Mercury Pro XS on the back of it. Um, it's been a phenomenal rig. I, I've, I went from a Z7, a Nitro Z7, loved it with a 150 Mercury two-stroke on there. Loved the boat, um, but since being partnered up with Nitro, um, ordered this uh, the new one. I call the the Blueberry Master anyway. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, it's a little bit of blue with some gray and silver black into it. Love the boat. Um, it offers a whole lot of storage. Um, I mean, the front compartments you could fit a couple bodies in there. It's it's ridiculous how many or how much storage is within that boat. Um, built-in Bluetooth sound system, built-in molded roto-molded cooler into it um a whole lot of storage for baits um extra tackle extra um life jackets gear all kinds of different things and uh the the, just the boat control itself um when operating at higher speeds um it's just phenomenal it's very hard to beat in my opinion a nitro on the water Um, especially for the price point too you're getting a whole lot of boat um for a whole lot of performance with a whole lot of it, uh, much better price than than some of the manufacturers out there. Um, not knocking any other manufacturer out there, just I really love my nitros and and the the versatility of them as well. My my wife um, appreciates the second windshield, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and any cool angler I think could probably uh, attest to that as well. I do have the um, the second uh, windshield on my boat as well. I love it. Um, but again, with the nitros, it's removable. So if there's a time where I'm going out to do some filming um, on my own or, or I have a co-angler that doesn't mind the not having a windshield or anything like that, I can take that out very, very easily and uh, just set it aside and slap, strap it back in when it's time to use it again. What are you running for electronics on that boat? Electronics, I am running a Humminbird Helix 10 SI up front. Mm-hmm. And then a Humminbird um, Solix 10 um, plush mounted into the dash. Okay. Absolutely love those two. Um, and I know some maybe stick with one or the other, you know, running just the Helix or just the Solix. Um, personally, I, I love having both. The Helix is maybe a little bit more user friendly um, for those just getting into the sport anyway. It's a perfect unit to have up front. Um, but when it's time to get down to business and really do some some searching for structures and different things like that, um, having the versatility of the Solix and those different capabilities mounted in the dash there, that is a game changer. That is a wonderful unit. Nice. Now, uh, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, uh, you also do some kayak fishing. Tell us about the kayak that you're running. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a 12-foot Ascend kayak, uh, rotomold kayak. It's very, very stable. Um, 
I I love the kayak fishing versus uh, being in the big boat at times, just because it allows me to get into the smaller smaller bodies of water, whether it's a river or a lake or even a pond, <laughs> whatever it might be, um, and key in on certain areas. You know, I mentioned fishing in the boat. It's easy to fish fast. You've got a big motor and a good trolling motor to go with it. Um, fishing in the kayak allows me to fish slow, look at things that in detail that I might have overskipped in the boat, um, and really just kind of narrow in on a few baits that I would expect to uh, to catch them on. And, um, you know, you, you go in a kayak, it's got a lot of storage, a lot of space in there, uh, but still fishing in uh in a personal watercraft like that, it you are limited to, you know, how many rods and tackle and, and everything you can take just for the sheer space and size of the vessel. But um, it's uh, really a great way to go when you're trying to get into those uh, little backwater areas um, or uh, bodies of water that maybe don't have the best access. Yeah, absolutely. And you probably have plenty of those up there. Well, in the land of 10,000 lakes, you bet we do. <laughs> and those are probably, Absolutely. you can probably get into some pretty big fish in those little potholes and just those little off-beaten path spots that other people can't get to. You'd be surprised what lives in those little lakes. Exactly. Nice. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, another thing, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, not bringing very many rods in, uh, in your kayak, but... Uh, um, tuned up custom rods. Uh, you, you fish strictly with tuned up custom rods. Tell us about those rods and, uh, the ones you're using. Yeah, absolutely. So tuned up, um, you know, they've been known for their ice fishing rods. They're extremely nice fishing rods, um, in the wintertime for panfish, walleye, pike, trout, you name it. Um, all handcrafted right here in, uh, Coon Rapids, Minnesota, um, really a whole lot of work that goes into those rods and a lot of craftsmanship. But um, this is uh, 2020 years, their second, really kind of their second year of open water rods are offering a line of open water rods. They've been building them for years, but um, they have since launched the Pro um, and Elite series of open water rods. I typically use the Apex series myself. Um, those are the ones you'll see in the on the blue blank in, in many of my pictures on Instagram or Facebook, whatever it is. But um, fishing out of a kayak, if I had to fish, oh, I'll say two or three rods out of my kayak, if that's all I could bring, I'm going to bring the 7.2 medium light spinning Apex Elite along with the 7.6 medium heavy casting and the 7.2 ultralight Elite. Um, those three rods in particular are definitely my go-to rods and uh, the most common in my boat and in the kayak. The 7.2 uh, medium light spinning just offers a whole lot of variety and uh, versatility anyways as far as the techniques that you can fish with it. Typically I've got it paired um, with uh, a fairly quick paced spinning reel, um, usually running a, a braided uh, backing to a fluorocarbon leader. Um, and usually an Invisalign sort of thing. But um, again, anything from net rigs to drop shots to small swim baits, um, all kinds of versatility comes out of that rod. Um, and the little bit longer length there allows me to give it a pretty good cast, um, cast dis distances rather than shorts. Um, when you're in a kayak, it's uh, you don't have the, 
total solid footing anyways or the leverage anyway to make those long distance kayaks so the little bit of extra length on the spinning rod really makes a difference and that goes the same again for the casting rod too that seven six medium heavy um, again very versatile rod use it for flipping punching uh, throwing long um, long casper with swim baits or square bills just a very very versatile rod and how it loads up um, it's it's a very true medium heavy action and that's what i absolutely love about it now the 7-2 ultralight elite that's a rod in particular that i just started using this year uh this early spring and i will tell you right now it is by far the greatest panfish rod in open water uh, fishing that i've ever used in my entire life it it's very hard to describe what it is exactly about it but as soon as you set the hook on a fish with one of those things you know exactly what i'm talking about it just it loads up so perfectly um it like i said hard to describe it just it's really just a great feeling rod and that again is a great rod for your panfish for crappie big bluegills um even some bass fishing it's it's really a great 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 rod so those three rods kind of provide a a good versatile um or allows you to fish a lot of different baits out of your kayak yeah absolutely now i mean obviously uh Tuned Up Custom Rods has made a heck of a name for themselves uh, in the ice fishing world. Uh, you know, I mean, you see them on all the YouTube videos and, and everybody, you know, seems to be running them when you're looking through Instagram and Facebook. And it'll really be interesting to see, you know, how they take the world by storm with the uh, with the open water market also. Absolutely. Taking the storm or the market by storm is uh, is definitely a good goal anyway. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> There's some really, really great, exciting things coming from them very soon. And uh, I know they just released some new trolling rods uh, for those walleye guys out there. Um, once those things came out, I was Googling how to how to rig a bass boat for some walleye trolling. <laughs> it looks so good. I've, I've, I'm very excited to use those things. So, uh, yeah, really, really some great things to come from them very soon. Well, maybe that just means you need to be buying a second boat. Well, Nit Nitro I did, makes I them. Did. Yeah, I was going to say, you can get a ZV-18, <laughs> exactly. there you go. I did pose the question, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm told that one is enough right now. So oh, come on. we'll, we'll oh, see about that. Man. Yeah. Now, now, another thing, uh, you know, seeing your pictures on Facebook and whatnot, uh, another thing that I notice all the time in your boat or kayak is, uh, is a cooler. Uh, tell us about Absolutely. those coolers. Absolutely. So, uh, um Maluna is uh, a new project of mine um, and really of my family. So um, we're, we're a family of businesses here located in, in Baxter, Minnesota. Lindar Corporation, we're a, a plastics thermoforming company um, servicing customers like Polaris, uh, Toro, um, Walmart, Costco, many different uh, customers in food packaging, paint, um, paint train liners, or uh, custom OEM hoods and whatnot. A lot of variety of things there. Um, our third, second company is Avantech. They're our tool building company for roto-molding and thermoforming. Third company, yet again, is Triven, our roto-molding, um, much like uh, a Yeti cooler anyways. Oh, many Yetis are roto-molded anyway. Um, and then our fourth is Euphoric Brands, and that's where Maluna Coolers comes in. 
So Euphoric Brands is our uh, our venture into the outdoor markets uh, with our own proprietary products. And uh, Maluna really was our first reason to get into that, um, those markets. Um, an entrepreneur about three years ago started Maluna as a Kickstarter program, uh, starting manufacturing overseas in China with the intent of bringing it back here in the United States. As a, a one-man show, he quickly became overwhelmed with the traction that it's gained in a very quick time and uh, um, decided that it was time to bring a team in. And uh, I think it was later last year, later of 2019, uh, we acquired Maluna from the original founder, and uh, it's been under transition since then. Um, so my my job and involvement with Maluna um, is is brand leader and, and in the process of transitioning the manufacturing from China to the United States right here in Baxter, Minnesota um, has been resourcing the components where the components are coming from and uh, the resin, the foam, everything that goes into these high performance coolers. Um, has been something that I've um, kind of headed up, anyways, with our our team of of businesses here. It's been it's been quite the venture, but uh, the cooler itself um, it is meant to compete with a Yeti or an Arctic or Grizzly cooler. It's a uh, it's a superior product uh, by performance and by price. Really, it performs twenty three percent better than the leading competition, um, and again at a better price point. Um, than the competition, and and we are true to our sizes. When it's a forty quart cooler or a fifty quart cooler, that's exactly what it is. It's not a sixty five quart cooler holding fifty quarts of uh, of fluids. So um, we're not uh, we're not necessarily out there to take the market by any means. We we are there to we're here to uh, um, spread the the Maluna feel, um, the culture behind it. Um, but um, we are definitely on our way to become the industry or a industry leader anyway, and we're very excited for the product itself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have, yeah. have you? Are you guys manufacturing them now uh, up there, or are still in the process of getting it over? We're we're very very close. There's just a handful of components uh, that we're waiting to come in yet. Um, within the next week or two. Oh wow! Uh, right now, we're 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 testing the molds. We're we've made some improvements to the product itself. We fully intend the uh, USA-made Maluna coolers to be um, a superior product to anything that Maluna has known before, and uh, we're we're very very excited. So within the next oh you know thirty to sixty days, we'll be pumping out USA-made coolers, and it's very very exciting. Heck yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Now, how many sizes do you guys have? Uh, we have a 22 quart, a 40, 50, 70, and 111. So there's five different sizes. Okay. And uh, with with the coolers comes a wire basket standard and, um, and a few different accessories to go as well. We offer a cutting board. Um, there's a thermometer drain plug. I saw that. That, actually, that is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, it inserts into the cooler. Um, it does not regulate, but monitors the temperatures inside the cooler. So if you turn that little digital display 
uh, thermometer drain plug on, it'll show you exactly what temperature your cooler is sitting at. And it should show you right about 34 degrees or so. Um, it's really a nifty little gig. That itself is under construction a little bit, as that too was made in China for some time. Um, and uh, stay tuned for some announce announcements coming before too long um, of a revised model. We're very, very excited for what this thing will be able to do. Cool. Now that's uh, you know that that's really important in the in the world of coolers because uh, every time you open your cooler, you're letting cold air out and hot air in and and killing off the ice. When you mm -hmm. can just see that on the side, like oh yeah, I'm still sitting, you know, sitting just fine. I mean, you know, yep. I, I think that's one of the things people do. You know, they don't keep it full of ice. They open it up, you know, to check to make sure you know that their ice is still in there. When you can just check it out from the side you know on a long you know a long weekend camping trip or, or whatever you know it, mm -hmm. that, that helps out a lot absolutely and here's the twist too that drain plug will fit into a yeti cooler an arctic cooler a grizzly cooler a cabela's cooler it's threaded to be the, one of the industry standard thread uh designs so it will fit into another cooler if if uh anyone had chosen to purchase one of those coolers um then our drain plug will fit into it as well well that's cool yeah. um where did the name maluna come from great question um the founder had kind of come up with that name it's meant it's it's hawaiian really it's uh it stands for rise above um and so the theme or uh, kind of the feel the culture behind maluna is is a very good feeling it's a positive vibe if you will like a, a positive hawaiian vibe um not only that uh to spread positivity but uh to rise above competition and and outperform but don't overpay right mm -hmm. rise above and everything besides temperature <laughs> exactly <laughs> Now, now, another thing that I wanted to talk to you about when I was uh, kind of looking through these coolers is, uh, is uh, you know, you guys, uh, for say, have the slogan, go unhinged. And uh, that, that's really a cool deal about your coolers versus uh, all these other rotomotive coolers is uh, the fact that you don't necessarily really have a hinge and uh, you can keep the back of the cooler, if that makes sense. Was, is that what you would call it, the back? Yeah, so, and that's kind of the lifestyle there. The slogan is live life unhinged. So the patented technology behind Maluna is that there is no traditional hinge. Yes, it hinges open, um, but it functions very differently. So on a traditional cooler, um, uh, a traditional rotomolded cooler, it's a fixed hinge in the back. So when that cooler lid comes down, there's an uneven seal across the top of that lid and it's allowing uh, cool temperatures or that, that cool air to escape from the back or those those uh, um, seeping points. Um, another piece to that is the gasket itself. Ours is a, it's a one-piece gasket uh, versus the competition. It's an extruded gasket so there's a gap. There's a, end, a beginning point and an end point to those gaskets and, and um, that's often cause for uh, those cool temperatures to leave that cooler. Now the hinge itself, um, the cooler lid does rest on what we call a hinge pin. It's literally just a pin that gets pounded into the cooler um, into a slotted area. It's not a hole, it's a slot. So as that cooler sits, 
um, you can literally move and shake that cooler lid around on that hinge pin. It allows some give. So when that cooler lid comes down and meets the base, um, you've got tension straps in the back and tension straps in the front of that cooler, and it's creating an even all the way around the lid seal that keeps all of that uh, that cool um, water or temperature ice inside. So it's not allowing any of that cool temperatures to get out. And that's, that's the pen- patented technology behind Maluna. Hence the slogan, live life unhinged. Yeah, very cool. Now, you know, I, I think when, you know, Yeti or whoever was the first roto-molded cooler came out, uh, you know, everyone kind of almost poked fun of them, like, who the heck is going to spend that much money on these coolers? And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like now people are realizing, you know, you, you know, you, you stand on them, you know, you can use it as a seat, you know, you don't got to worry about all this, you know, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think about the advancements in these coolers? You know, like, you know, what are some of the uses, I guess, that you've heard of besides just using it as a cooler, you know, seats in a boat or, or, you know, different stuff like that? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. You know, besides using the cooler to cool things too, um, a high performance cooler like a Maluna is going to keep food hot at the same time it's whatever if, it, if it's cold if it's hot it's going to regulate those temperatures um, inside and out so um, we have a lot of barbecue customers that like to transport food in them actually and uh, to different competitions or different things like that we have hunters that use it uh, to bring back meats um, you know for elk I actually I, we did that just last fall in October we did an elk hunt um, very, very great trip. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, a casting platform, it's, it's a popular, the one alive, the one eleven size is a popular thing in the saltwater industry as well. Um, using it for casting platforms, for stools, for benches. Um, I mean, you name it, you know, the, the Maluna cooler is meant to, it's meant to be robust. It's meant to take a beating, and it certainly does. Um, if you go on the Maluna Facebook page, I think not too long ago, a week ago or so, um, a picture was posted of a cooler that took a serious beating. It was drugged down the road, um, exposing the foam and everything, and it still had phenomenal performance. But um, it is, uh, it's, it's quite the unit. Um, and that's what these rotomolded coolers are meant to do. They're they're meant to keep your food hot or cold, and uh, and safe. And it's again very versatile. Before we get into that elk hunt, <laughs> no, no, I know a lot of these coolers are like you know advertised grizzly bear proof and whatnot. Do, do you guys have that certification, or didn't you really worry about it because you weren't worried about running into a grizzly bear? <laughs> well, that's a great question. Um, so the cooler itself does not have the certification yet. And by yet, I mean I was just on the phone with them this morning um, to to get that done. So um, as the Maluna USA made coolers are produced, we will absolutely have those sent down and tested for bear proof um, or to get that certification anyway. So how does how does that I mean, do, do, do you send one to a zoo? Or, I mean, how does, how does that work? <laughs> there is a facility, actually, um, 
a company that uh, you can send your cooler to or product, whatever it is. Um, and the, uh, there, there are certain requirements to meet. I'm not 100% sure exactly all of those requirements anyway. One of them in particular I do know is that it has to have the ability to, to lock. On the front of our coolers, um, there's a, a built-in bottle opener, but it also serves as a lock, um, uh, a place for a lock anyway. So as you send your cooler down or product, whatever it is, I believe that they fill it with uh, perhaps a, a fish, if you will, lock yep. it up, strap it up, and throw it in the bear's den as long as it lasts about, I think it's an hour's worth of time in the den with the bear, um, then it is considered bear-proof. Nice. So I tell you what, if you put some barbecue in one and send it down to us here, it's not gonna. Yeah, it's I, not gonna make it an hour. You I, can lock it all you want, but we'll get into that sucker. Yeah, you better believe <laughs> it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You can see if you get it, Scott and Matt. And, yeah, it's Scott proof. and Matt proof. That's what we need to do. <laughs> along with the podcast, we also need the Scott and Matt proof stuff. There you go. There, yeah. There's a new business venture yeah. for you. <laughs> there it is. Now let's hear about that elk hunt. You, you, you know, we're we're fishing, but uh, both Matt and I are hunters too uh where'd you go how'd you do let's hear it absolutely so uh the trip um it's it's a trip i've made a couple different times uh once with my in-laws and then once again with my in-laws and my my brother and dad um it's a trip out to colorado it's the very very northwest corner of the state um there's a, a smaller mountain range out there that's known for big bulls and a lot of cows um I think uh, this last winter we maybe had, uh, they had an early season out there. We saw all kinds of tracks, all kinds of sign. We hiked up and down the mountain uh, 30 times, it feels like. Um, we actually came home empty-handed. We might have come home empty-handed, but uh, the memories that really is what the trip is all about, those were plentiful. Um, you know, a, a trip, at least here living in Minnesota, making a trip out to Colorado, you know, it's a good day's drive, good day and a half almost um, when you're pulling a ranger and, and a camper and, and all kinds of things. Um, you really got to go for the experience. Right. It's a, uh, it's, uh, um, I don't want to say a once in a lifetime opportunity because I've done it twice now, <laughs> yep. but it certainly feels like it each time. It, it's just such a glorious thing. It's a, it's a tradition that, my in-laws have done. Um, we we generally put in for cows as uh, that area because it's known for big giant bulls. Uh, it's very difficult to get a bull tag out there. Um, so um, we're we're not out there to shoot the antlers. We're, we we love the meat um, and and love the memories and love seeing the bulls. Yeah, um, they are they are glorious animals and very very intimidating when you're 20, uh, 20 feet away from them and on the other side of the tree hoping he doesn't see you <laughs> yeah, I, bet. I bet but uh it is it is pretty amazing well very it's a cool. pretty pretty beautiful country out there and and uh absolutely love it very cool well uh garrett uh unless you've got something else that uh you want to want to talk about otherwise uh i think you know we'll just say thanks uh for joining the show but before we let you go uh how can people uh find maluna coolers and how can people uh find your fishing adventures absolutely you can find me anytime uh garrett hagelin outdoors on facebook and instagram i do have a website as well garrett hagelin outdoors.com 
Um, I love to post different blogs of my different adventures, whether it's hunting or fishing or uh, a little bit of four-wheeling and UTV stuff um, or just gear recommendations, all kinds of different things. And speaking of gear, I will mention that uh, um, I do work with companies like Otter Outdoors, Striker Brands, uh, Tuned Up, uh, Northland Fishing Tackle, and all of them have some really, really great products coming out here very soon. Um, we're very excited to show you those and exactly how they're meant to be fished or used um, to better your outdoor experiences. So, yeah, follow me on Instagram, um, Facebook, and whatnot, and love to connect, love to answer any questions. Um, besides fishing itself, I love, love, love to help educate as best as I can. Very cool. And and the Maluna coolers? And the Maluna coolers, check them out at www.maluna.com. It is an up and active website right now. Although we're not producing coolers, we do have a limited stock in house right now um, of various sizes and colors. So go ahead and check them out um, if you're interested or have any questions on Maluna. Again, message me anytime. Uh, we'd love to answer any questions that you have. We are running a, a, a promotion right now um, as we um, get through some existing inventory to kind of make room for. Um, some of uh, those USA made coolers message me for those details and let's get you hooked up with a high performance cooler. Absolutely. Well, man, uh, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time and uh, yeah, loved hearing about the coolers, loved hearing about tuned up custom rods, the, the kayaks, the boat, everything. So uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a joy. Thanks. Awesome. See ya. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. And that was Garrett Haglin uh, up there with Maluna Coolers and uh, Garrett Haglin Outdoors. Uh, yeah, those uh, those Maluna Coolers are, are pretty sweet if you go and check them out. They don't look like all the other ones. I'll say that. Yep. You know, um, you know, obviously the the Yetis and the Arctics are basically photocopies of each other. Then you know the Grizzlies, which are made in the United States, also uh, you know they they look a little bit different, but. Uh, those those Maluna coolers, they look like you could drop them from the top of the elevator. <laughs> you know, like no damage. I mean, they are they are well built machines. I, I do not have one, but uh, you know, I definitely look into them. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and especially you know how cool is it you know to to uh, to have them built in the USA and you know uh, for for the Haglin family and or whoever. I don't and maybe that's his mom's family, whatever. But, uh, you know, that family up there to uh, to acquire that business and, and bring it back over here to the United States. And, you know, that'll be that'll be great for, you know, Minnesota and, yep. and yeah, playing out the United States. So, uh, no, that was really cool. Very cool. Uh, I really I really think that those temp sensors, though, that that, that is the cat's pajamas. I think so, too. I mean, it's it's a great point. If you can tell how cool it is in there, you don't have to keep opening it right. up to see what the ice looks like and all that stuff. And then and you're kind of chasing your tail the rest of the time then. Yep. Yep. And uh, how smart is it to uh, to realize that, oh, this thing here, that'll bolt into all these other yeah. competitors coolers, too. So, uh you know, it's, hey, if if you don't sell them the cooler, at least I'll send them a t or sell them a temp checker. That's right. That's way cool. So, uh, no, I I you know, like I said back there, uh, you know, a lot of people made fun of me. I bought a Yeti right off the bat, uh, you know, when when I could, and uh, um, you know, a lot of people made fun of me, like, oh yeah, cool, whatever, and you know, I I really don't care. I don't I don't care what anyone thinks of me. I I I use it out in my garage as a step stool to get up to the top, you know, like, you know, getting other stuff down uh whatever and 
I've, uh, the, during the, during the quarantine stuff that was going on, I used my roto cooler as a weight bench. Did you? Yep. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so. I'm telling you, like these things are so solid that, uh, yeah. Well, heck, I'll tell you this. Last weekend, uh, we went out and uh, up at Okaboji, uh, me, my brother, whatever. Um, we went out fishing, and up on the front of my boat, I decided that I was going to sit on a cooler, my dad's igloo cooler, and I don't want to knock igloo coolers, but uh, let's just say uh, maybe I should have laid off the cheeseburgers the night before because there was a <laughs> pretty nice indentation uh, where where my hindquarters were sitting, and uh, I'm lucky I got off of it because my dad would have freaking I was going to say, I mean, Leroy would have. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be a $2 cooler, but you do not mess with Leroy Sturman's stuff. <laughs> So uh, whatever, whatever, uh, uh, I think like the heat from the sun and whatnot, it all popped back out, thank, thank the Lord. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, when we were out at the Missouri River here a couple weeks ago, I sat up in the front of Tanner's boat on 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 that cooler, and I don't know. I I, right. I like them. You know, you use them as a bench. Heck, you could throw those things in the back end of a pickup and use them as a cargo, you know, right. deal, whatever. I mean, I mean you can strap them down tough. and uh, yeah. I, I do think that we were onto something though with that Scott and Matt proof though. So do I. I really think so. People can start sending us their products and yeah, see if yeah. we can. Uh, mostly food products. If you're out there right. listening, uh, send us food products. Uh, Cheeseburgers, barbecue, barbecue. I mean, steaks, ribeye. Yep. Oh that yeah, definitely ribeye. You know, there's got to be like a like some of these grill companies and smoke companies that want us to send them to oh, us and sure. try them out. For sure. For sure. What kind of grill you running, Matt? I I just have like a Weber. Weber? Hey, yeah. there ain't nothing wrong with a Weber grill. Nothing fancy. I don't I don't get the smoking stuff. I you know, I don't have a Traeger or any of those. So. You want to start a freaking war on Facebook? Go on there and write either Traeger is best or Pit Boss is best or Green Mountain is best. Oh yeah. Those people will come out of the woodwork. It's like gang affiliation. That's, you know, that's almost like any any one of those like private groups on Facebook is that way. Like the Lund Boat yeah. Facebook group. I mean, you can't post anything on there. Like somebody will post something on there and it will be like everybody will start bashing. Like it's like, yeah, I own a Lund, but man, they are terrible. It's like, really? why are you in this group? Yeah. This is like, if you hate it, why don't you sell your boat and get a different one then? Yeah. Uh, you know, Crestliners out there, Alumacraft is yeah, out there. It's just like, huh. you know, you can sell it. <laughs> I think that's just the day the day we're living in now. Right. It's, I mean, it's just like fishing electronics, too. Somebody will put something about, you know, well, yeah, I got a Helix 10 and all that. And then somebody will jump on there and say, oh, that's <laughs> junk. <laughs> and it's like, I feel sorry for anybody that's like, you know what? I'm going to go onto this page and I'm going to see, you know, I'm in the market to buy in one. They're going to be like, they're all terrible. Yeah, it's like they're all terrible. Even, there ain't even a good one on the market. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, it's just crazy. It's, or it's, or it's, you ask and and they're, haven't you haven't you been a lot of smart ass oh, answers gosh. and stuff like I can't stand that. We we just need to start tracking people down and throat punching them. Yeah, that's there should be a throat punch button on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> get out of here, <laughs> Facebook. Add a throat punch. Oh, you get a throat punch for that comment. Would you ever like if you got into a full on fist fight, Matt? Would you ever like? Okay, so so I can punch you in the nose. I can punch you in the jaw. Nah, dude. I'm, I'm going for I don't the know. throat. I don't know if it's gonna be a full on punch or if it's if you can like get that like sideways karate chop. To the throat, right? <laughs> to the Adam's apple. Just, cow! 
<laughs> you feel kind of like you feel. I don't know. Part yeah. of me, part of me thinks I look really cool doing it. Part of me thinks that I'd look goofy as heck doing it. No, so. I, not if you connect. <laughs> if you connect, if you whiff, if, or if they right. half block it, then they're going to kind of look at well, you. You got to fully commit to it. Otherwise, it's just kind of a tap on the Adam's apple, right? and the person's going to look at you like, "What did you just do?" That's when you kick them in the nuts. <laughs> That's when you kick them in the nuts. Like, okay, option one didn't go so well. Was, Here's option two. I was distracting you with the karate trap to the throat. Right. So. And uh, not only is this a fishing podcast, but it's also a UFC wrestling podcast martial too. So arts. Mar- the martial arts. <laughs> what what belt my, are you, Matt? My extensive knowledge. Well, I do have a black belt at home. You do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I've, I'm only brown, just brown belt. I have a brown and a black belt. So, and I don't know. Like, I, I, I think I reach about like the second or third loop so is that like third degree yeah that's third degree <laughs> okay i don't rake my toughness by a belt <laughs> that's right uh well as mentioned earlier uh that well god dang it that just really got off track but as mentioned earlier bassmaster elite series cancels cancels not reschedules cancels did they officially cancel officially it? canceled it well i know that they i said that i seen i saw here we go on their Facebook, are you a teacher? On their uh, website, that it says it's canceled, but they're looking for a further, like a different to reschedule at a different place in a different time. I'm so fingers crossed, maybe they'll do that. Fairly confident that that was not right. All right, right here, BASS officials announced they will cancel the Bassmaster Elite at Cayuga Lake, scheduled for July 14 through 17 in the village of Union Springs, New York, and plan to reschedule the tournament for another fishery later this season. Relax. I was wrong. You were right. Relax. Write it down because that's the last time that I will ever say that. I think it's going to Oahe. You think so? I think it is. I think I think I think that that's a good possibility because South Dakota's wide open. Right. We don't care about no stinking coronavirus. That's right. I don't know. It, it's going to be, It's. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Minnesota. I think it's going to be. I, I really think, or Oahe. Yep. Just because they've been there before. Yep. And now we just got to, now we just got to pray that, uh, just pray that they're going to have marshals. Right. So, I could, yeah, it's, I don't know. Crap shoot. I, I, I don't, I can't believe that they've waited this long to, I would, to do yeah. that. Well, and. And they, they're still going on with the other two in New York? Right. I mean, how does that work? Are they expecting... I, I don't know. They said something about, like, in the state of New York, like, professional athletes can fast track to get their testing and clearance and all that stuff. So, I think that's what they're hoping for. But I, I still... It's, why take the chance? Why not just move it? Well, and apparently, from what I've heard, is in New York there, uh, it's up to the county... If they oh, want to enforce okay. what, what kind of rules they want to enforce. So I would say that they're at Cayuga Lake where they were going to fish. That county decided that they, uh, for say, didn't want to have the tournament, which is crazy. I, I mean, you know, that's that's a lot of money left on the table. But, you know, I guess I, I'm not going to sit here and say people's health is under a lot of money. That's not what I'm trying to say. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure that that wasn't a decision they took lightly. Right. That's what I mean. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. That is what it is. So, 
I guess, no Bassmaster Elite Series uh, here here this week. Right. It could end up being somewhere else in, in the fall here and heck of a fall bite. And oh, yeah. It could be a big tournament, yeah. Yep. Speaking of tournaments, like we mentioned earlier, our tournament uh, is now wrapped up. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever of, of this week, like we had mentioned earlier, uh, obviously that tournament goes Sunday night till midnight, and uh, me and Matt decided that we weren't going to stay up until midnight that night uh, to record the episode. Uh, we had debated whether to just put the tournament or, or put this episode out on Tuesday morning instead. And uh, we decided that we'll talk about it uh, on the next episode, do a, do a Facebook post, Facebook Live, who knows what we're going to do, but uh, updating on the tournament results. But uh, we filled out uh, all 20. They, they allowed yep. us to have 20 under a free tournament. We filled all 20 teams. Uh, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of great fish catches. Uh, you know, it, it, it's really been fun. Uh, you know, my phone goes off and, you know, sounds like a donkey and you know i'm sitting at lunch with my parents and my brother and whatnot at work and what however it, well, we we're even out there fishing and when you enter one in yourself it says got one yep got one and yep. i was just like did, i asked you i was like did you take a video or something like that i i almost thought it was myself i was like was he review like recording when i hooked into one or when he right, when he right. hooked into one or what was that so Nope. That's pretty nope. neat. Yeah, it is. It's a cool app. Uh, very easy to use. I, I can say that because uh, Matt and I, as, as we're recording this here uh, a day ago, we were out on uh, West Lake uh, doing a little bass fishing. Uh, we also tried for some walleyes. Unsuccessfully, we realized that uh, the bump board that we had brought along starts at 10 inches and it's not a panfish bump board <laughs> it's not a panfish bump board so <laughs> unless it's a giant panfish so i started bluegill fishing and uh we never got to measure one because unless it was over 10 inches there was no measuring of it so right and we caught a couple of eight inches so that right, kind of right so that was things a, a little bit that was a shot to the nards but uh whatever we're over it we're That's over right it. i mean we're, we're gonna come back better than ever so uh, whatever, and and I'll also I'll also drop this bomb. Uh, we're already in the works of uh, getting another tournament. Uh, That's right. Maybe called the Fall Brawl. Somewhere uh, down the pipe. Yep. Uh, so uh, this this one's going to be a little bit of a different format and a little bit of a different style. Um, it, it's going to have to be a pay pay tournament because uh, we are only allowed one free tournament. They you know to kind of let us test it out. So this one's going to have to be a a pay tournament we're not asking for 200 bucks it won't be it won't be a whole lot but uh this this one could be really 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 cool really exciting uh i don't know i've, I've got high hopes for it uh, we're still in the planning process but uh be on the lookout for it and we'll yep. we'll let you know when uh when that's finalized but uh otherwise uh matt good news story good news story mine i'm gonna have to say as we record this today um it has been five years since my dad got uh, cleared for uh, cancer-free. Uh, so it's really? kind of his five-year anniversary of being cancer-free. So kind of hit that milestone. And awesome. Jig and Joe. Give Joe a, a, a shout-out on that one. And, yeah. Cool happy dude. Happy for him. Yep, absolutely. Uh, hats off, Jig and Joe. Uh, that's awesome. And yours? Mine is uh, this, this past weekend, uh, obviously, bef before – the last episode came out, but uh, before or after we recorded it, um, 
4th of July uh, day, me and my kids and my brother got out in my boat. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that was the first time I had ever captained my boat on a strict walleye mission. And uh, we caught some walleyes. We didn't do great, but we caught some walleyes. We were over at Spirit Lake. And uh, um, I don't get to fish with my brother very often. Uh, he's he's busy. He's got a young kid, and he's got an acreage to take care of. And, and he's, he's got a, a honey shooting, shooting big shooting big bucks, bucks and, and yeah, honey do like list that. 25 miles long, whatever. But uh, he, he's busy, but we finally got out. And uh, we woke up at uh, 5 a.m. We got out to Spirit Lake. Um Dropped the trolling motor, dropped some bottom bouncers, started going, and I suppose we were 100 yards in, and uh, Grady picked one up, and uh, we got it up and, and knew that it could possibly be, uh, you know, in that slot area. So uh, then, uh, then the mad dash for the ruler, and then I realized we forgot the ruler in the stinking truck. Boom, my rod's going off. So we double up. And uh, we've got these walleyes, and uh, we, we realized real quick, like, uh, this isn't going to work. We don't have a ruler. Uh, you know, we, we basically figured Grady's was a slot. We figured mine wasn't over. We quick took a picture and got them back down there because uh, the water's warm and whatever. We we did a, yeah, I, I mean, I we had the fish out as, as short a time as what we possibly could, but, you know, to get a picture and get them back in, but... Uh, uh, I don't know that water's warm and right. uh, don't keep them out uh, for very long get a picture and get them back in but uh, so then we quick made the mad dash back into the uh, into the uh, to the boat ramp got uh, got a ruler got back out there picked up another shorty uh, had a oh my gosh here's the bad news story of the week my brother had an absolute tanker on all the way to the back motor i'm just about to scoop her up and it got off uh easily would have been eric's personal best um that that this thing was big uh, i would say that mine i don't know i would say mine was in the 22 23 range and i would say this one was bigger than that it, it had shoulders mine was skinny skinny almost looked sick but uh whatever so then there was that but no my good news story is that i got out with all them got out on a strict walleye mission got it done here's a funny story maybe not that funny <laughs> to some people but so as we're going back in there to get that ruler uh i've got a 12 year old son and uh, he doesn't exactly understand that uh sound travels on the water sound really travels on the water at 5 30 a.m when there's not a wave there's not a speck of wind there's nothing else going on besides boats and we see a guy's rod bent over just big time. And it's like, oh boy, he's got something. And he pulls up a big old weed. And Grady just, I mean, belts out, hey, look at that guy who caught that sea monster. <laughs> and so I just immediately say, Grady, you know, knock it off, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden he hooks one on his other rod and he, he looks over at us and he yells something like, this one ain't no sea monster or something like that. <laughs> so we had a pretty good talk with Grady about, uh, you know, how voices carry and, uh, <laughs> a, a, how voices carry B just don't say anything about anybody else while you're out there. Right. Or, or C 
lay down in the boat and yell <laughs> so they think it's you. Hey, you son of a... <laughs> <laughs> you call that a walleye? <laughs> And then oh, you man. sit driving like, uh, yeah, that's no, not me. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. like my 12-year-old mouths off and then I get into a fist fight at the boat ramp over Like, oh, man. So I'll teach, yeah. I'll teach Grady that one. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Next time we go fishing, he's in your boat. Well, the kid can catch him, though. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. So then there's that. And uh, so, yeah, I guess that is episode 81. Uh, unless you've got something else to uh, talk about here, I guess uh, we'll just be moving along to episode 82. We will have the results of the tournament uh, on 82. Otherwise, check our Facebook page before time, beforehand. Uh, that's what I got. That's right. That's what I got. Thanks I know, to everybody that participated in yes, the tournament. Yeah, no doubt about it. Golly, I just know the second that I hit the stop button here. There's going to be something else that it's like, yeah, we should talk to, about that. Yeah, whatever. We'll talk about it on 82 then. That's right. So then there, there's that. So we're done. We'll talk to you guys on 82. Later. See ya. <laughs>